They didn't show name it, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. They're very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Don and unbelievers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Great podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, from our secondary location by my colleague and co-host, the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas. His name is Michael Lagaris, everyone. What's going on? Mike, I want to ask you right off the bat, most important question that everybody that's listening right now, the AEBG fans want to know, how was your Christmas? Our holidays were amazing. Great family, great times. It was very peaceful with the kiddos and the wife. And my brother will be coming over this weekend, actually. We're going to be watching the UFC fight on Saturday and then bringing in the new year on Tuesday. So we're really excited about for that. How about you and your family? So no leftover tension from the Texans-Jet game the week before with your wife's team whooping up on the Jets? Yeah, no, not at all. Too good of a woman to do that. I had a good time. I'm going to hang out with the fam. You know, same old, same old. It's always nice to be around the family for the holidays, and that's kind of one of those times you want to be with your fam. You want to kind of do the same things you did growing up, and um, that's what the holidays is all about, is being around people that you love and having a good time, being thankful for all the wonderful things we have. And what I was thankful for this weekend, Mike, was the play of Sam Darnold. One of the best games, probably his best game he had all season. We took a loss. I know how the game ended. It was slightly heartbreaking, to be honest with you. I was there in attendance. You know, I was, as always, sitting there thinking, we got this, we got this W, but take Rogers out. All these morons walking around with pieces of cheese on their head like idiots are going to have to walk around here with a frown as they walk out. Their holidays are going to be ruined. But no, that's not what happened. The magic of Aaron Rodgers and one of his best games in the years he had. But Sam kept up with them stat-wise in many ways. Sam played great. Defense let us down, looked absolutely horrible, especially in the second half. They outscored us. I don't even know how many points it was. It was more than 20 points to three in the second half. But Sam Darnold, as we go through this, as we discuss this game, his stats off the charts of this game versus the Packers. So a third game in a row since he came back from his injuries and his little hiatus he took where he's played absolutely tremendous. The kid showed mobility in the pocket, incredible accuracy. Mechanics have have cleaned up over the year. And in this game, was positive. Showing that he's growing, he's not staring down receivers. He went toe-to-toe with the best. Toe-to-toe with the best. Tell me, Keith, you being there live, seeing Aaron Rodgers live, and seeing Aaron Rodgers at his best, I think we can say. What was it like seeing Aaron Rodgers play? And then what was it like comparing Sam Darnold, the rookie's performance, compared to one of the greatest of all time. Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to compare the performances. I mean, you know, the only reason I'll say this is he threw the ball 55 times. I mean, even if even if Josh Allen threw the ball 55 times, you're probably going to put some yards up. But, but in the second half, the game started off kind of slow for Aaron Rodgers. But yeah. as the game went on, you saw why he's such a great quarterback. I mean, his groin, they said, was hurting him. But he still ran the ball for 32 yards. He had two touchdowns rushing the ball. Every time he had an opportunity to run, he did. 
I think he threw, what, like 440 yards or something like that? I mean, I don't know. It just it seemed like in the second half, every ball he threw was on point. Every touch pass was on point. Uh, second read, third read, fourth read, didn't make a difference. He was picking up first downs, moving the chains the whole second half. Jets were blowing assignments all over the place, as you're going to bring up Mike in detail. But Sam only had 35 attempts, and the 35 attempts, he, he completed 24 passes, Mike. He had yeah. 340 yards of his own. He had one more touchdown than Rodgers throwing, actually. Uh, I think the QB rating was at about a buck 24 QBR at an 84. So even though Rodgers looked great, and even though a byproduct of his tremendous, amazing game he had, Mike, was my fantasy football team winning another championship with the amazing play of Aaron Rodgers held me along the way. That's the only the only positive I could take from this. I'll say this. Sam Darnold, comparatively speaking, considering he's a rookie, looked was almost on par with Rodgers for the day out there, slinging the ball over the place. He was very accurate, very smart with the ball. Um, 140 yards for Robbie. So again, looks like somebody that he has good chemistry with. Another good game for Chris Herndon, Mike. 82 yard yeah. touchdown for him. Curse yeah. popped up out of nowhere. I know. For the holidays. It's about time. Popped up for the holidays. Stuck his head out of his hole. Made some catches. Uh, 55 yards for him. 50 yards for Elijah McGuire, which I like. That's, you know, he wasn't able to really run the ball, McGuire, this week. And I don't really know the Packers that have a great run defense, Mike. So that's a little. That's something to look at because I don't know if McGuire has been able to get yardage on the ground like people expected. But, you know, he, he got into the end zone again this week. He had also had a receiving touchdown. So, pretty easy game for McGuire. But the takeaway from this is Sam and his play, his progression, especially the last three games. Uh, the last two defenses he played against were really good. This defense wasn't as good, but he had to keep putting points up because it was kind of a shootout with the Packers there. And I thought he came through. I think the last three weeks, Mike, Sam has shown Jet fans just around the time when you want to see it the most, the end of the year, going into the offseason when we're all going to have all these months to think about it, think about Sam, think about the future, think about draft picks. That's when you want to really play your best going Absolutely. into the next year. And, 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 and getting to that, Sam Darnold compared, as you said, I know that Aaron Rodgers won the game, so he got the upper hand. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, 37 for 55, 442 yards, two touchdowns. His QBR was an 81.3. Sam Darnold, 24 for 35, 341 yards for three touchdowns with a QBR of 84.3. And in the third consecutive game, Sam Darnold has statistically outplayed the other quarterback. In three games since returning from his injury, Sam Darnold has been lights out. 64 for 97, 62.2 per completion percentage 764 yards about 255 yards per game six touchdowns one interception 7.8 yards per attempt a 104 qbr sam darnell leads all nfl qbs in qbr over the last quarter of the season his top qbr right now 81.4 ben roethlisberger is 80.8 luck 76.8 and aaron Rodgers 76.2 per at espn stats that's without a number one wide receiver. That's without a number one running back or a number two and a horrible offensive line and the worst coaching staff in the history of football. Sam Darnold posted a 106.2 passer rating, which is the sixth highest over the past three weeks. Only one rookie has ever posted a higher December passer rating, minimum 100 passes, and that was Russell Wilson with 115.2 back in wow. 2012. How about that? Man, things are... Thing, I don't know what happened. I don't know what went on when Sam walked away for those few weeks, Mike. 
Had the bad game versus the Dolphins through the four pickleberries. Went away for three weeks. He's come back, and like you just mentioned, he has been nearly flawless since he's come back and on point. He said the game slowed down for him. Maybe it did help him, Mike. Maybe it did help him hanging out on the sideline for a few games. I know McCown didn't play great in those games, Mike, but it doesn't mean he wasn't learning by all of a sudden now being on the bench, seeing how McCown went through a game. He's obviously come back and been on point. I mean, those stats you just mentioned are, are tremendous. I did not realize he had the highest QBR in the past four weeks. Uh, Sam Darnold's not doing this with... Uh, like Big Ben with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith or the Patriots who have all these different weapons and various packages to, you know, guys they can get the ball to or the Chiefs like with Mahomes with Tyreek Hill and all these different, even without Hunt, they have a ton of different weapons. He's being super efficient without all those tools with Robbie Anderson right. as your number one, a rookie tight end maybe as your second best receiver right now. You're one, your number one, your number two running backs coming into the season. They're not playing right now. Your offensive line is atrocious. And he's still, yeah. in the face of all of that, putting up stats, having having QBRs under through the roof, having putting up a great touchdown totals since he's come back. Yardage totals have been on point, Mike. So you grade him on a curve considering those things. It really, really is impressive. PFF, what they do, uh, have you 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 know about uh, adjusted yes. completion percentage? Yeah, okay. So his adjusted completion percentage over the last three weeks is eighty point seven percent completion percentage. That's second among all quarterbacks. Passing grade from PFF is a 90.8, which ranks first. And his overall grade is 91.3, which is first. So in since he's been back, PFF has rated Sam Darnold as the number one quarterback in the NFL. At now, here's another thing about the young man. At 21 years old, 201 days, he is the youngest player in NFL history with 300 pass yards and three touchdowns in a single game per Elias. The previous youngest was Matthew Stafford in 2009, 21 years old, 288 days. This game that just passed marked the second straight week Sam Darnold posted a 100-plus QB rating on 35-plus attempts. Prior to 2018, that had only been done two times in history by a 21-year-old quarterback. Matthew Stafford and Drew Bledsoe. On 35 passes against the Packers, Sam Darnold threw for 9.74 yards attempt and went without an interception. Rookie QBs have thrown 35 plus passes in a game 436 times throughout the history of the NFL. Darnold is the only one to throw for that high of a yards per attempt while also throwing no picks. Look at Sam. I mean, there's so many different accolades that he's added to his resume and some of them are, have been negative most of them have been positive this year and those are just more things mike that you know are just looking up for the jets going into next year we know we got to figure out the line got to get some skill players but even without those guys in place especially the end of the year here he's played tremendous and as we've mentioned a few times on the show interception total for the season mike it basically came in two games if you look at it um he had seven of his interceptions of the whole season came in two games and besides that most of the games most yeah. of the games besides that, he's played pretty good. For the tough teams, he's played pretty good. He just comes back, he's played pretty good. So, I mean, you really have to be feeling good about Sam. And also, I want to just mention one thing. This game, too, Mike, is that the defense, of course, Jamal Adams had 10 tackles. He was all over the place. He was a monster, like always. But Neville Hewitt, Mike, nine oh, tackles yeah. for Neville Hewitt in the game. And he had a sack. Somebody that, you know, tackled for yep. a loss also in the preseason. If you listen to our show, we're talking about Neville Hewitt watching him in the preseason, saying he's someone maybe towards the end of the year if he gets a shot to do something for us. And guess what, Mike? 
here he is. First, the Packers. Week 16, naked plays, getting a sack. He had nine tackles. And everyone should know that when you listen here, you do hear things first and we're on point. And I just want to give him some credit, man. Neville Hewitt had a great game this week. Absolutely. Neville Hewitt has really come into focus since Darren Lee's suspension. And we all knew that Neville had ability. But you're really seeing how this man, this young man, really could be a centerpiece in helping us build depth on this in this linebacking core going forward. I'm not sure if we can say that we know he would be our, one of our starters. Maybe he will be if he takes another step next year. But he's definitely showing that he could be a piece of this team going forward. Another guy that you had mentioned before, Chris Herndon, is the first rookie tight end in Jets history to post five 50-yard receiving games in his debut season. The only Jets with five or more 50-plus-yard games as a rookie are Keyshawn Johnson, Walker, Corbett, Gaffney, Moore, and Altoon. So Herndon is another one. Chris Herndon seems to be another piece that we've identified as going forward being a center. Yeah, and with, and, and with Herndon... He's almost over 500 yards for the season, but the first, let's let's see, one, two, three, four, five, the first five games of the year, Mike, he had 50 yards. So basically, he's at 450 yards. Well, his past 10 games, I should say. So that's 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 pretty good. I mean, that's over that's 800 yard season for a tight end if you do that as the whole season goes on. So. I mean, he's someone that really is popped on the scene and seemed to be a really good weapon for us. And we didn't know if he could block. Seemed like he'd be a receiving tight end more than a block tight end, but he's getting the chance to prove what he can do. A bunch of different reasons to feel good going into next year. No Sam Herndon, two guys on offense that really, really going into next year will probably be focal points. And I don't, I don't think tight end is somewhere when the draft comes up next year they're going to have to really look at. Right? And there have been a few of these guys that are showing that they could be the future. Uh, offensively for the New York Jets. The other player who we really have to just take a second and give credit is Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson has improved his yards per target at the intermediate level, so intermediate yards 10 to 19 yards, right? From 6.13 to 11.5 this year. So no, he's no longer, so the percentage of, of passes or, that he catches now are 11.5 of them are intermediate. So he's no longer just a deep threat. He's being able to run routes and run schemes that the offensive coordinator is calling for him and actually execute on them and be on the same level with Sam Darnold as going forward. Robbie Anderson's first nine games, he had 27 receptions for 417 yards and three touchdowns. The last three games, he's had 10 receptions for 312 yards and three touchdowns. He he had, Robbie Anderson has 25% of the Jets total passing yards and 35, 35% of their passing TDs since the beginning of the 2017 season. So that's going back to 2017. Here are those same percentages for a few other receivers on other teams. Tyreek Hill has 28% yards, 24% touchdowns. Keenan Allen, 29% yards, 20% touchdowns. Evans, 25% yards, uh, 19% touchdowns. So Robbie Anderson at 25% yards and 35% touchdowns. That's pretty incredible. Now, I know our offenses aren't as good as those teams, but it just kind of goes to show you the type of cog 
the type of weapon that Robbie has been and what potentially he could be as Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, certainly he's someone that, due to the circumstances of the depth of our receivers, has been targeted, I guess. You know, as much as though top-of-the-line receivers, I'm not going to say he's at that talent level or he's as good a receiver as those guys, but he's somebody that has been getting the ball as much as them in our offense. And I do think he's more of a number two, number three receiver. We got If we get a legit number one in here, uh, someone like Robbie might be able to do even more. But when a Newton, when a Newton was in here and him, it seemed like they complimented each other okay. Now, not that they ever got on the same page necessarily in a game with Sam because Sam seemed to target one guy. When a new one, sometimes you have a huge game with a new one, Robbie knew nothing or vice versa. And next year, I'm interested to see what happens with that because I know Robbie's back. I'm not sure if a noon was signed back next year. I think he's a free agent, Mike. So our, our receiving core next year, that's going to be very, very interesting to look at. Like you said, 312 yards for Robbie Anderson the past three weeks. So he really has offensively when it comes to passing yards been carrying the load and been doing a really good job holding onto the ball, making tough catches, getting touchdowns, and doing the intermediate routes, which he never really did in the past. Like you said, he mostly was somebody that ran a go route, and that's pretty much it. Now, all of a sudden, he's, you know, branching out a little bit with the route tree, showing he's a more well-rounded receiver, and that's only going to bode well for Sam. Absolutely, and you know what else bodes well for Sam? A good offensive line. And the offensive line success as of late, a lot of it has to do with a guy that you and I both labeled as a jabroni multiple weeks and that's Spencer Long. Spencer Long may have been the worst center that we have ever seen on this team but then they decided to move him to left guard and since him moving to left guard the line has been playing solid and Spencer Long looks fantastic. He has looked very, now I'm not going to say great but he has been solid at left guard and I've been pretty impressed with how the offensive line has actually been constituted around Sam Darnold these last few weeks. And they made the change with Spencer Long. It does seem like they've been playing well around Sam. Since he's come back, he doesn't look like he's having as much pressure put on him, even though they played the Bills, even though they played Houston. Both those teams did put pressure on Sam, don't get me wrong, but previous games, it looked like he was running for his life, and so did the count. So they have looked improved, so I guess, you know, I, I'm Spencer Long is not someone I really want on the team in the future, but so far, so good with him at left guard. Harrison there at center has done okay. Sam's been able to actually move with, use his feet to get out of the pocket if he needs to, too. Kind of throw on the run a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But saying that, I know you don't want Spencer Long for the future, and I definitely understand that. But if we were in the first round to take the left tackle from Alabama, Jonah Williams, is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take him at left tackle, take Beecham, move him to right tackle, right? And then, you know, shuffle shuffle around the offensive line in that way and keeping Long there as the guard and maybe, you know, gra- drafting, either drafting or picking up a, another center in free agency. He could maybe a transition piece to a very solid offensive line in the future if he's able to to plug that left guard position the way he's been doing the past couple of weeks. Well, we'll see. I mean, if you've spent most of your career being an average player, you don't all of a sudden turn into a good player out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, that he's never been a great player. So, you know, we just need to get, I think, every position on the offensive line we could probably improve at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he's going to be the best guy to put out there next year, then it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But hopefully they can find an upgrade for him. And, um, you know, like we just said, we broke down a lot of different elements in the game, Mike, there. And we talked about, we talked about a lot of, offense when it comes to this. We're talking about Sam. We're talking about Robbie Anderson. 
We ha and we talk about some of the good plays. Jamal Adams had 10 tackles. But we haven't gotten into the total play, totality of the defense, which gave up 44 points, which at the end of the game looked horrible. Mike, I know you have some stats, some information in regards to the blown assignments that were all over the field, some of the adjustments that Todd Bowles did not make. And we know he's not going to be back here. But at the same token, you watch the game and you're just like, oh my God, how can the same thing be happening over and over again? Let people know what went on with our secondary, the famed before the season, New Jack City secondary, which has not proven to be so at all. Got torched by Aaron Rodgers, blown assignments, Mike. Let everybody know what went down. But, like I said, I, I, had, I was in a pretty good mood at the end of the game. But there were parts of this game that really, really pissed me off. And it's this secondary. And yes, were the penalties bad? Were the refs terrible? The call against Claiborne? The penalty on Cannon on that punt return, which he put his shoulder into the helmet, not helmet to helmet. The penalty on Adams to on Jimmy Graham. There were terrible calls in this play, but the blown assignments that was going on and the lack of coverage was just an it was it really was an embarrassment because the Jets should have had this game and Todd Bowles and his schemes like playing Roberts at safety instead of Terrence Brooks. Terrence Brooks. What what do you like Roberts is pathetic. He's terrible at safety. You can see that in the coverages he couldn't and there were no changes made, right? Tremaine Johnson giving up listen, we we've had this discussion. And it, it, it bothers me because I just, but when you're at the end of the game and Tremaine gets called on that penalty, bro, you have to be better than that. We're paying you all of this money and you're going to make a bad play like that at the end of the game. I mean, and then, in addition to that, sidebar, something you sent me earlier today, not show for practice, I guess, on time today. And you're Instagramming pictures out earlier in the day of your shoes. I don't know what bridge he was at, what he was doing, where he was hanging out. Not not a good look. And Jamal Adams called him out on Instagram like, oh, so this is why you were late. Gotcha. Oh, Jamal, I did see, you told, you showed me that Jamal Adams put on blast, as he should, as a leader of this as team. As he should. As he should. Now, there was some positives. One, some po real quick positives that I did like. Um, Leonard Williams not being a positive, but... Um, because he decided to throw a punch and be selfish. But let me just say, before he threw that punch, the big cat was showing. For the first time in, since I forgot what game we did, the big cat and we're roaring and stuff. Yes. That, the, I saw it. I saw it. He was coming. I'm like, there he is. There's the cat. He's like a wild beast. And he can't find him. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, and then he decides to throw that punch and gets thrown out. You know, if he hadn't done that, the Jets would have won this game. I tell you, that's how how he looked. And Henry Anderson getting his seventh sack of the game. We've got to resign this guy. He gets most of his sacks on effort more than technique. The, the yeah. guy's motor is is just nonstop. I have to really applaud him. What a no, I love I, I, Henry Anderson. We, this season has the end of the year huge. Had a little dip in the middle of the season, but the end of the year he is closing it off strong. Seven sacks on the year, mm -hmm. and like you said, just a strong motor, an effort guy. He's not someone that's necessarily just tossing dudes out of the way. Uh, offensive lineman. It, it seems like he's somebody that someone puts pressure on the quarterback, and the guy goes to scramble, and he's been fighting, fighting, fighting a block. He gets around a guy, and gets a sack. You know, and just, you, you, you love guys like that. And he, another good game for him this week. But the defense as a whole, not so many bright spots to look at. Jamal Adams, Henry Anderson had a sack. Neville Jude had a sack. Yeah. Going into next year, we went through a couple weeks ago, the guys we like for next year, the guys we don't like for next year. But I do hope 
if they are going to get a nickname before the year starts going into next year, Mike, they could do a little bit better than they did this season. I, 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 knew, I don't know if New Jack City could ever be used again now. I, I feel like it's ruined. I think it's ruined, too, and I agree with you. Look, 44-38, to 38, the Jets fought our draft position. We're still third pick in the draft, which is great. I wanted to win this game. Great play by Sam Darnold. I went over the statistics. Uh, again, PFF, he is the number one rated quarterback in the NFL in the last quarter of the season and it's like I was telling you before Keith it's like he was a caterpillar crawling up a a branch he went into a cocoon and this butterfly just showed up what just out of nowhere like what the hell is going on with this kid and every time I like I see him play I feel confidence that he's going to throw and score like, I wasn't feeling that way in the beginning of the season. I would be, like, mad anxious when I saw him. Like, oh, my God, he's going to throw an interception. Don't, don't, don't do that. Oh, Sam. But now I'm just like, oh. Every game, like, I'm just like, get him, son. Like, 25 years. And he doesn't even, if you look at his checkdowns, like, a lot of these uh, quarterbacks, like Jared Goff, dump their passes. If their first or second read isn't open, they yeah. he just dumps to Gurley. Gurley grips, like, seven or eight yards, right? Sam is going through his progressions, and he's not hitting the cat like right in front of him. He's looking deep down the field, hitting Herndon. That back throw, that back shoulder throw to hit Herndon for a touchdown, that was a great read and a good throw, and it was placed. No, it is, and I would be nice. Some of the interceptions earlier in the year were because of that yes. same trait you just yes. mentioned. It would be nice as the year – it would be nice next year, I should say, if we had a running back. And Trenton Cannon – you know, he caught some balls out of the backfield. Doesn't seem like he has the best hands, Mike. Crowell's hands are so-so. Bilal Powell had great hands. Mm-hmm. So if we, have, if we have somebody like that that could really, really help Sam, that's huge. Because he'll be looking down the field, like you said, going through his progression. And then to also have that dump down guy, that'll maybe take Sam to the next level. And that's maybe something we're looking for in the draft or in free agency going into next year. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. Last game of the season, the very last game, week 17. Unfortunately, not much on the line for the Jets except draft order positioning. We can put a little bit of damper on the Patriots' playoff seeding and scenarios. I know that they are in the playoffs. They haven't locked up. They're going to win the division again. But they don't have home field locked up, right, Mike? No, they do not. And I have a message for Jet Nation. I have a message directly for Todd Bowles, for Sam Darnold, for the entire New York Jets staff. I understand that we have the number three pick in the draft, and I understand there's a lot of fans out there that want us to have a top pick. But I'm talking to the Jets now, and I'm asking you this. I'm telling you this. Go up to Foxborough and kick some ass. You heard the man. All right, that's it. We're ending the show right there on that note. We're not talking about the Patriot game. <laughs> nothing else to say. Just I, play I would on love that in the locker room. I would, you love, want your... I would love nothing more to knock those <laughs> those cheaters down and have them lose, you know, not have a first-round bye. I would love nothing more than that. Considering the way these last three games have gone since Sam's come back, he's won one, he's lost a couple, but he's played great in all of them. If you could finish this year off for Jet fans, if the cherry on top of this little end of the season run for us is a Patriot victory Give me that. in Foxborough, Give me that. 
maybe throw their little playoff situation for them out of whack. Just, just be a thorn on their side any way that we can. If Sam's going to go ahead and give that to Jet fans this year, uh, I mean, there's nothing Man, else to really I wanna ask look, for I want to look like you saw Baker Mayfield just look at Hugh Jackson on the side. I love that. I want to look at Patriot fans in the face and be like, you see this cat? This is what you're going to have to deal with for the next 15, 20 years. Your time is done. I want it to be the changing of the guard. I want it to be the game that we can look at them and say, yeah, you better run. You better know what's up now. You know what I'm saying? I, and I understand about the draft position. Right now, I don't care. Go up there and kick their ass, man. Kick it. I mean, you know what? That, that's all I want. I mean, I know right now they have number three. I know that realistically... In your head, you're like, it's the last week of the season. It doesn't matter. But it does matter. It does. Because this is not just another game. This is not just another game with a schedule, everybody. This is the New England Patriot this game. Is. This is New England Patriot week. We did a show a few weeks back, which I know was, you know, some people liked it a lot. Some a few Patriot fans have been to say, said it was very negative. All we did in that show, just to remind everyone, is state factual information. Facts. Just okay, facts. And then ap- after the facts, we did, of course, have our own spin on it. You can take those facts like people do nowadays, Mike. People like to take facts and interpret them whatever way they want to. Knock yourself out if you want to stick your head in the sand. That's fine. All we did was all we did was say facts about a team that cheated and things they got caught for and the punishments they received because of that. Now, the last week of the year, play this, the same team that has used all these underhanded taxes all of these years to get ahead, to win, to win Super Bowls. And here we are with young Sam. He's never played against them before. No. Josh McCown played the first time. The very first time he's going to step on the field versus this hate team, versus these scoundrels, evil empire, <laughs> who have absolutely no moral compass at all. This team who do every single thing. The example how to do everything wrong. If you were raising a child, you would the morals that you would instill in them would be nothing that you've seen from this team. And here goes young Sam out there on the field. <sighs> Week it's going to be, I think, what's crazy is young Sam, he played against Aaron, and now he's going to go, go against Brady. And I believe the age difference will be the biggest delta between quarterback ages in the history of the sport. I think it will be. Uh, I thought it would have, they talked about that last game, but he didn't play. Uh, I think this will be the oldest, youngest quarterback uh, tandem, you know, to play opposite ever. So, um... I really hope Sam goes up there. I hope he shows. It's going to be, you know, Gillette Stadium. It's a hostile environment. You both, you know, I know. We both know how it is up there. Um, it's not going to be easy. The Patriots are fighting for home field. Uh, they're going to have a tough road to try to get back to the Super Bowl. So the Jets can really put a major damper in those plans. And I would love nothing more than to upset those plans and have all those Patriot fans just go home with their head in their hands because that's really what they should do every day because of the disgrace of that <laughs> franchise. And when you break down the X's and O's of the game, the last time you played them, they were able to really run the ball and that's with Sonny Michelle. Yeah. Last week, Sonny Michelle ran wild. That might be the recipe for success this week versus us. I know they have Tom Brady. Not a typical Tom Brady year this year, but Sonny Michelle's been able to run the ball pretty good. Um, he's missed three games this year. Still going to probably get over 1,000 yards this week, so he's been an effective weapon for them. Gronkowski seems to be... They don't really target him as much, so when the guy doesn't get targeted that much, you have to think he's not the same weapon that he used to be if they're not even looking for him on the field. He's had some games where he's flashed this year. Someone he's still got to worry about, but no more Josh Gordon on the field for them. We know what's transpired with him recently, Mike. A guy the Patriots took a chance on. Failed the drug test. Now they're going to get back another draft pick for that, which somehow is going to work out in their favor. Um, The Patriots, not as scary as they've been in the past, just like the Packers, we said. You know, we fought the Packers pretty hard. 
I think they're going to do the same thing this week. I don't see a blowout coming. Sam's been playing really, really good. Patriots are tricky with what they can do, but you can't pass the ball on them. So who's to say we can't take a W this week? Mike, who's no, to say good. we can't send can't send the Jet fans out on a high note? Get it? Send us all into the new year. Victory over the most hated team in professional sports and the most hated team for all Jet fans. And um, that's not a team, that's not a word I normally utter when it comes to sports, but that's what the Patriots are, and we'll see what happens, Mike. I'm gonna be rooting for Sam big time. I think that the defense got exposed last week with Rodgers, but I do think Rodgers is still a little, bit, a little bit better than Brady at this point. I don't think Brady can move around like Rodgers, even with the groin. That kind of helped them big time last week, the Packers. It's on the road. Belichick will have something up his sleeve. But Sam Darnold, I think, Mike, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. I'm predicting a Jet W this weekend. Oh, wow. Sam's going to pull it out for all Jet fans. <laughs> but we've been waiting for this for oh. the Patriots. Can you remember the last time he beat the Patriots? Sam is going to go up there with his ragtag bunch. Oh. Robbie Anderson is his lead guy. The defense is going to step up. Hernan's going to have a big game. And we're going to walk out of there with the W. I can't even right? imagine the AEBG if this happens. I don't know what our show will be like next week. I mean, <laughs> oh, man, what a what an amazing... Well, man, that's, we, a, that's, an awesome, that's an awesome prediction. I'm going to... Man, you know what? I'm just going to let that prediction ride, bro. I'm not even going to try to mess with it. I'll just say. Yeah, and if they do win this week, I'll be doing the show next week live from the TGI Fridays in Boston. <laughs> with the AEBG 10 up and just one man with a microphone. I'll get thrown out probably pretty quick, but uh, we'll just see what happens. Man. We'll just see. Because uh, I, I do remember when they were 14-2 that one year. We went up to Foxborough with Mark Sanchez and beat them. Tom Brady was tearing up at the podium. And he said it was the worst loss of his entire career that he could ever remember. And the main reason being that they beat the Jets, they beat the Jets by 50 points that year earlier in the year. So we, we were able to traumatize them one time in my life. So few times has it happened that I remember the moments. Uh, and this would be another one of them. It'd be great. They're still making the playoffs. So it's not the end of the world. They lose the game. But anything you can do to be a detriment to them is a positive for Jet fans. And to end the season off on a high note for Sam and the Green and everybody would be great too Mike. all right that was another amazing edition of the ain't easy being green podcast another one in the books mike i want to thank everybody for listening to us for supporting us for hitting play for tweeting at us for messaging us supporting us on social media in any way shape or form we really really do appreciate it and mike where if anyone wants to do any of those things i just met where can they find us on social media where can they get at us where can they reach us the abg family mike let them know well, everybody knows we're on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man. That's Mike. This is Keith. Patriots this weekend. Last game of the season. Talk to you next week, everyone. Peace out. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all beat us up. Call the number leaders.